Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Father, I, I thank you for your goodness in this house. I pray that somehow out of these lips of clay, God, I expect you'll speak on in through the frequency that you're able to through your spirit to each heart and each person in this room. I don't know how that happens, God. It's the most bizarre thing. It, it partially is because of what is spoken, but Lord, you create a commun- uh, conversation somehow with the listener and you speak to them the very words they need to hear. I could never never really effectively speak to a hundred plus people and have a meaningful conversation, but God, you blow our minds every time. You take your word and you you tweak it in the ear of the listener to, so they hear exactly what they need to hear. So I pray that you'll speak hope and life and future and direction and goodness and your your plan and God, the good things that you want to happen in their life and how, you're, how you've sent your son so that it could happen. And God, you let them catch a vision of how much you really love them and how much you want to do in them and how much you want to do through them. God, it's, it's been a challenging season, but there are good days ahead. The best life is yet to come. We're going to step into that as we walk with you. And so I pray you'll give them that vision. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen and amen. You can grab a seat and maybe hug the person next to you, and we'll jump into to the scripture. Um, we are in a series entitled Better, and uh, my, my presentation to you has been that there's not a nook or cranny in your life that will not be better if you, don't, if, if you start a relationship with God. Now, lots of people believe in God. I'm talking about a step up above from that. Not just the, the idea, yeah, I believe that there's a God, but there is a God who has sent his son to create the opportunity, not just for you to believe in him, but for you to actually have a life where he's part of your life. And you want to talk about advantages in lifetime, no matter what the scenario is, you, you uh, step out of the way and allow God to step into your life. And you will experience like you have never before in this lifetime, opportunities and support and uh, increase and all sorts. There'll be not everything will be perfect, but even in the imperfect, a relationship with God makes every nook and cranny of your life better. It'll make you better in business. It'll make you better in relationships. It'll make you better at your hobby, at your career, in your 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 family. You'll be a better dad with a relationship with God. And anybody anybody you're with me, help me help me out today. This is like a team thing. It's not just me, right? You'll be a better mom. You, anybody here, you're worried, like, I don't know if I could really be a great mom. You are limited, but with a relationship with God, he makes it better. Amen? Everything that he does makes it better. A life lived for Jesus makes everything connected to life better. It's not just Sunday. It's not just, oh, I believe in God, and woohoo, when I die, I get to go and see him. That is a completely not in the Bible. That is not part of the Bible narrative. The Bible narrative is Christ gave his life, yes, so that your sins could be forgiven and you could go to heaven someday, but he gave his life so that you could experience abundant life right here. His sacrifice will impact every area of your life. So I want to talk to you today about a a verse here. If I can get my thing to work here. Am I doing the right thing here, Steve? If I'm not our technology team back there. I'm going to read to you out of uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 24. It says, And a great crowd followed him, speaking of Jesus, and thronged about him. I'm not sure I know what that is. It's not in modern day 
uh, hipster language. Maybe, maybe it is because I'm not so hipster, but thronged around him. That's quite the following. Moving through town. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. I just put pause there for a second. A woman who's sick with an embarrassing situation that's probably also painful every day that she wakes up. Throughout the day, she's having to deal with this for 12 years. I mean, we just went through, I don't know what we went through. They call it a pandemic, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like that was two years. And that was challenging. This woman is feeling in her body 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and a, a physical ailment, and it never goes away. Those of you who have experienced pain like this, you, you, you begin to get a glimpse of what she's dealing with. I mean, while everybody else is smiling and they're watching a program on TV, this woman is still experiencing this physical condition. It will not go away. There are some better days, but no day is what I would call thriving. It's more like surviving. And so the Bible goes on to say she suffered un much under many physicians. Now, we, we love physicians. We love doctors. If that's your career, we support you. We're behind it. We don't, we, we don't have, there's nothing negative to say about that. However, we also know that it's an industry, and not all the answers are, are always available. And if you've ever had a situation, the doctors are like, hmm, I'm not sure what to do, you will begin to go down the path of many solutions and medications and all sorts of things to try. And what can be really frustrating, and some of you in this room have been through this, is it turns into years and you're still chasing this imaginary solution and you're racking up the bills. I know people in my world, you do too, who their lifestyle is radically impacted because of something that's going on either in their body or a family member's body. And they have to miss vacations, and they're not able to have some of the pleasures that other people have because there's so much money dedicated to this issue that is latched onto their life that they never expected and can't figure out why is this, why is this still here. In this woman's case, she's doing everything. She, she believes in God. She's going to the doctor. And the Bible says now she's out of money. And after all of that, it was no better, but it actually grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus. Well, there was no newspapers back then. There was no CNN. And thank God for the day where, now I, I was going to say that it won't exist. Some of all, I know that's not just pointing them out, but man, you know, like where can you get correct news these days? I don't know. Um, but she heard about Jesus likely from other people who had met him and experienced him. And that's the best news, news that comes from somebody who's been there, seen it, done it, experienced it. She heard about Jesus. And she, what she heard uh, moved her so much that she came up behind Jesus in the crowd and she touched his garment. She just wanted to touch him. That was her goal. For she said, if I even touch his garment, I don't even need him to touch me. I'll just, I'll just get close to him. I don't need him to address me. I don't need him to say anything. I'll just get close. And I, what I've heard, that'll be, that'll be strong enough of a, of a, a solution that I'll be better. I will be made well, and immediately, this is so cool, and immediately, immediately the flow of blood dried, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. There is that moment when God touches you, and you're like, oh, man, I, oh, oh, God, and it's way different. I remember the first time I felt God's presence. I walked into a church because there was a girl going to the church, 
And then I found out there was a man at the church. His name is Jesus. And I had I believed in him. But man, when you first experience the actual presence of God, it is remarkable. Immediately, I felt like something was different in me. And this woman being sick, immediately she was healed of her disease. And I know that this is a crazy title, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to talk to you about better health care. Because Jesus in your life will make your health and your health care better. Amen? Father, I pray you'll help me to communicate again clearly. Allow people to grab onto this and allow it to impact their life and help them for the days that they have remaining. A lot of times, Lord, we get in this rut. We think that our bodies or health is not spiritual. The reality is our greatest moment of spirituality is connected to this container we live in. So our health is so important. And I pray that you will help, um, help people to understand your role, your commitment to their health and their responsibilities in it as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So for a number of years, I didn't have health care. It wasn't because uh, the church is stingy or cheap or couldn't afford it. It was early on as we started the church, we were trying to build and I was healthy and uh, just believe that, okay, I'm going to trust God and we're going to push forward and save the money because we were planning on buying church property and buying a building. And so uh, in that process, there were a lot of days that were great and not a big deal. The, I'll tell you the time that I uh, crashed my mountain bike and broke my collarbone, that was a day. Um, however, not having to go to the doctor because I didn't have health care, I kind of worked out okay. I'd, I healed up. And so it was just a little bit broken, if there's such a thing. And uh, the bruises were bragging points. I'd text people, text the guys in the church. Um, but recently, uh, our board of directors grabbed a hold of me and said, uh-uh, uh, that's not a good plan long-term. Get health care. And then I jumped out there to begin to look for health care. And I can tell you, the only thing more painful for me than going to the doctor is trying to search for the proper health care plan. Looking at all these things, and what does this mean, and 20% and 80% and 30% and this, that, and health savings accounts and stuff like that. Um, I found that there were so many options and it was nuts, but I picked one and then I went to the doctor for the first time in 15 years. And it was during the pandemic, so masks and you couldn't go in and see the doctor. And while I was there, a moment happened that just, a, while waiting in the lobby, a woman who was in her 50s, she brought in her husband, strong guy in his 50s, but he was already experiencing dementia. She was a tiny lady, and he's a big guy. And he got it in his mind that he needed to get to see the doctor, and the doctor's door was locked. And he begins to make noise, and I thought he was going to rip the door off the wall, and she would throw herself in front. No, sweetheart, they'll be out to get us. And I was afraid that he was going to injure her, but you could tell that she was used to this. And I, I was reflecting on this condition, that they were probably 20 years old and got married and looked in each other's eyes and said, till death do us part. And you don't really expect a day like that, do you? But that day had come on this family, and this woman working so diligently to take care of this man. And it quickly caused me to think about Jade and Brenton and their family and her father. And you see pictures on Facebook, her and the kids, grandkids. Dad's got dementia, and they regularly get together with him. And they take him out to get a pedicure, and they take him out to lunch. And sometimes he knows their names, and many times he doesn't. And I think about that affliction that comes upon people. And it made my health issues and my, my being prodded by the doctor seem so small. And I was just contemplating that whole idea about 
you know, us struggling with the reality of sickness that touches our bodies. And I began to think about the Word of God. And what I will say this is now that I have health care and my doctor was able to confirm that, yes, you are an excellent, fine specimen of human being. <laughs> now that I'm over 50, there were a couple things that he wanted to do, did, that I do not want to disclose that were, <laughs> tried to explain to him that that's not, it's not anything I signed up for, move along. So, um, but I'm thankful that while I have health care, it is not my last resort. Some people get into a situation where they're like, I have this illness, and if I can't have health care, what will I do? And I want to tell you, it's valuable to have health care, but if this earth's health care is your last resort, you are actually leaving something on the shelf that would be available to you because God has an increasingly effective health care system that is available to you that you can absolutely buy in because a relationship with God Add some things to your health care that maybe you don't realize, but I want to take you through. Number one, you were created to live eternally, believe it or not. And in creating you, God's desire for you was to thrive both body, soul, and spirit. Not survive, not hang on till the end, but God's heart for you when he breathed the breath of life at conception into you, his desire, his pattern, his wishes, his heart was for you to thrive body, soul, and spirit. Amen? Come on, help me out if you agree with it, okay? God wants you to thrive. When he put Adam on this earth, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And that us that's being discussed there is the, the original word Elohim, but it's God. It's singular God, but it's a plural word which blows all of our minds. And as we discover through Scripture, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit made man in his image and created, fashioned his body and gave him the capacity to live, but put his breath into him and breathed the breath of life into that man, Adam. And so you are a reflection of God's crea God the creator. You too have three parts. You have a body. Christ came in the flesh. You have a soul. That's how you, your mind, your will, your emotions, the decision-making process, how you lead your life. God the Father leads the Godhead. And then there's God the Holy Spirit. It's not an it, it's he. God the Holy Spirit the Spirit of God is actually, anytime you feel the presence of God, that's the Holy Spirit. He is here. God is in heaven. His Son sits next to Him on the right hand, waiting for the day. And the Holy Spirit is active here. And if you are a believer, just like God inhaled into Adam's body and He became a living being, the moment you said yes to following Jesus, the Holy Spirit inhaled, exhaled into you and you became born again, a new living spiritual being. In Genesis Chapter 2, verse 7 says that God formed the man of dust from the ground, breathed the breath into his nostrils, and we see this picture of life. And Adam, uh, the book Genesis actually says after God did all that, while he previously said everything he did was good, he now said, and this is very good. All the things God had done previous to this, good, but when he created you within Adam's lineage, very good. And it was very good because it was thriving life. There's no sweat, there's no sorrow, there's no death, there's no sickness, there's no struggle, there's no strife.
There's direct contact with God. There's no stupidity. Man's operating using his whole brain. Adam was smart. He was given the opportunity to name the animals. He didn't go dog, cat. He named them by their genus and their species. I mean, the scientific understanding that Adam received from God directly, we think we're getting smarter. I actually think we kind of dumbed it down since the beginning, personally, okay? Because, because of the world that we live in, it, it removes the capacity to, uh, to be what God created us to be. But understand this, that knowing God's initial intentions for you to thrive, body, soul, spirit, should inform you when you're not experiencing that at this present time. I'm going to say that again. Knowing what God's desire was for you when he created you can inform you in the moments when you're experiencing something less than what his best is. I don't have to wonder what God wants for me. And now there's a lot of whispers that will creep into your ear, and there's a lot of whispers that will creep into your ears from bad preaching. Well, you know, I have this physical struggle because... You know, even Paul had a thorn in the flesh. He prayed three times, and he was suffering. God said, no, 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 there's some lessons you can learn. So I'm probably not going to get healed either because, um, you know, it's God's will for me to be sick. Let me explain something to you. You are not Paul. You do not have the revelations that Paul had. You probably don't need the humbling that Paul had, and God can teach you other ways than you being sick. Just be real clear about that. The heart of God is for you to be healthy. The heart of God is for you to thrive in your body. I mean, we have limitations in this world, and we also have limitations because we're each different. I'm never going to look like Shane, okay? My legs will never be as big as his arms. <laughs> Both of my legs together, my torso will never be as big as his arms. But I can thrive in the body called Steve Parrish. And there's some things that I, I can outrun that man with my eyes closed. Yeah, I'll bring it. We'll go right now. We'll, we'll do it right now. I will raise, after, we're at, after when the bell rings, the playground, you and me, baby. Yeah, I don't care if you take your shoes off, I'm going to beat you. Um, so knowing God's will, it informs when my life is not lining up. And if I know that God wants me better when I'm not doing well, I don't have to say, well, I wonder what God wants to do. I already know. I'm telling you, a relationship with God makes everything better. Because there's sometimes when you, there's a lot of people walking around just like, oh, I just don't understand if there really was a God, if there really was a God, why would he let this happen to me? We'll get to that in a second. The heart of God is for you to thrive. Thrive, for your kids to thrive. You can report that your child is sick, you don't have to wonder, I wonder if this is God's will. No, it's really happening, I'll give you that. But I'm going to tell you what, the heart of God is to see healing. In fact, the only people Jesus didn't heal, he wanted to heal, but they didn't want him. He wanted to heal in his hometown, and they were like, that's just Jesus. He's a carpenter's son. And his heart was broken because he wanted their life to be better, because your life is always better when you have God in it. Come on. That's the fact. And so God's intention will help inform your situation, and you know where to go from there. Um, Jesus also died to reestablish the opportunity for you to live eternally and thrive in body, soul, and spirit. Jesus came to reestablish your opportunity because the reality is Adam had the opportunity and he surrendered thriving 
for a lie. He was tricked. He was fooled. But genetically and, and sociologically and uh, medically and scientifically, everything went downhill because death and sin impacted everything. We're living in a poisoned world. You're in a poisoned life because of what Adam did. And so we went from thrive to survive in some cases. But the beauty is, the reason why Jesus came is, again, not just so that you can make it to heaven someday. What would be the point of life? You know, we're here, and God begins to establish a relationship with us because he doesn't want you to wait to experience his kingdom till you die. He's wanting you to pull the kingdom down into your life right here and now. Jesus said regularly, the kingdom of God has come upon you. It's close. Reach out. He always talks about the kingdom of God. Jesus always talks about the kingdom of God. And when he does, he's not talking about when you die. He's talking about a relationship with him. When you step across that line, you become a citizen of heaven, and every place you go is the kingdom of God. That's the reality. So Isaiah 53, verse 5, prophetically speaking forward about Jesus, but he was pierced for our transgressions. Man. Anybody here, you've done some stuff? I've done some stuff, man. He was pierced for me. He is crushed. Now, there's no way to, I'll, I don't think we'll ever reenact the crucifixion for Easter because there ain't no way you can touch it. What a cat and nine tails will do to you, what being repeatedly beaten with a stick, you gotta understand this. They did not take Jesus prisoner. He willingly stepped up because he was looking to the future, to you, to you, to you, to you, and he's making payment for your sin. It's the most amazing thing in, in, I've ever heard, because I know me. I wouldn't do that for me. Me, you know you. Would you really do that for you? He did it willingly. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. He has made payment so that you have the opportunity to step back into what Adam walked away from right here in this lifetime. Now, I mean, the playing field is challenged because you can't go back into the garden. We can't Turn this world around. You know, global warming is really not really the biggest issue. It's the sin issue that's impacted the globe. You understand that. I mean, sin had, this, this world looked differently before sin showed up. And, and the things that are happening really are the result of sin. And the beauty is that Christ came to position us back regardless so that we could begin to experience some of that same thrive. It's a health care plan that is available, but it's not automatic. It's kind of like that option on your car that you bought you didn't realize was there for years. I've told this, I've told this story. I had bought this car, and I got, was frustrated. As many amenities as it had, I'd have to get out, open the windows on a frosty morning, use my credit card to uh, clean off the, the mirror so I could seat back up. And then one day, I got cleaning the car, and I looked, and there's a knob for the mirrors. There's a left, and there's a right, and then there's this... Weird center spot with a flame on the top of it. <laughs> so seven years into owning my car, I finally cashed in on something that was there the whole time. See where I'm going with this? Can you follow these breadcrumbs? I'm laying this right out there for you. 
that while healing is in play, while his paying for your sin is in play, man, you got to step forward and say, count me in. I say yes. And there will be a fight to take advantage of these amenities because you've got somebody fighting against you experiencing a life of thriving. He died so you could live abundantly while you are still on this earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? This is holy. It may not look like it. It may look common to you. Maybe some things are off. You know, that whole broken collarbone thing? Yeah, i kind of a little crooked now. But this is bought and paid for by someone else. It's owned. The scripture here says, who uh, are you are not your own. You step into a relationship with God, he owns this body. Now, here's what I like about owning it. If Jordan gave me a car that he owns but says I can use it, he's making the payments, he's going to make the repairs, he's responsible for the gas, and I get to enjoy the car that Jordan owns. The beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about a relationship with God is if I give him my life, he's responsible for it. I was responsible for my own life for 18 years. I can tell you stewardship is better than ownership of my life because I didn't know how to drive. He owns the body you're living in, and if you have a relationship with him, that's just an automatic feature that's upgraded because he's now in charge. Next point, the enemy is the author of all sickness and death, impacting the body, soul, and spirit. For those of you who have more than one child, when something is done in your home that is naughty, it is always a fun excursion into the wilderness to determine who did what. Sometimes, in the process, you will, not that any of my children were this way, but You'll approach a child and you'll be bewildered that, uh, oh, he's like, oh, I didn't know. I, I didn't eat those cookies in the thing. i be honest with you, I, I didn't know anything about Well, But I did see Leslie in there earlier. <laughs> Not saying that that ever happened. And then you immediately, oh, I think Leslie did that. And so she, why did you eat all the cookies? I didn't eat any of the cookies. And then you determine, you begin to, you have to basically become CSI, Right? It's not real hard, but you, you're able to figure out actually who's to blame. I just wish we would use those same super sleuthing clues to look at life and be very clear on who is to blame. Scripture's really, really, really simple when you look at it. John chapter 10, verse 10. If you'll hear any one verse in this church, you will hear this verse. Every sermon, it shows up in my message. It just says it very clearly. The thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why he was in the garden. That's why he showed up with Jesus. That's why he shows up in our lives. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything he touches has those germs on it. But it goes on to say, I came that they may have life and have it what? Does that sound like surviving? Oh, I came so that they could survive this life and see me in heaven someday. No, I came that they may have life what? Abundantly is more life than you need. This stuff about prosperity gospel, prosperity is just simply the expression more than you need. And it can apply to friendships, it can apply to health, it can apply to anything. 
Jesus came to prosper your life. In other words, he came to add to the survival life that you live in every area. Life abundant. That's why he came. So when you have a situation like, oh, I wonder what's going on over there. Why, why, why did God allow that terrible thing to happen? I don't know. Leslie, I saw her over there by the cookies. I'm not saying she did it, but it's a, it's a whisper, a distraction. For the person, if you look closely, they've got crumbs hanging down their cheek. If it's stealing, killing, or destroying, who's to blame? The thief, the enemy. If it's life abundantly, who can we blame? Newsflash, it's that easy. You want to know the author of what's going on? It's that easy. I don't know all the whys, and you know, but it's that easy. I love... 1 Corinthians, though, 15, it says, talking about Jesus, remember that he came to rule and reign, and in his crucifixion, in his resurrection, he's taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave, but it goes on to say in the Old Testament and the New Testament that he is reigning until he puts all of his enemies under his feet. Do you know that while Christ is positionally conquered all of his enemies, the reality of that playing out is still on a timeline? And every time you overcome one of these things that is meant to destroy you, every time a prayer is answered, every time someone is healed, every time God is able to work in your life, you are, Christ is working in your life and crushing his enemies under your feet. Every time. He's in the process. And the promise here out of scripture is the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Death is the enemy of God. God does not show up and say, it's time for one of my trophies to come home and be on a shelf. Come on, loved one. The enemy is the one who strikes the final blow. He is responsible for the death. While God transitions us, that was never part of the plan. God weeps every time a person passes away. Our Airbnb, we had this woman reach out to us here a couple weeks ago, kind of emergency situation. Her daughter's 27, lives here in the area. She lives in Hawaii. She needed a place to come. And in talking with her, her 27-year-old daughter is having surgery because she has cancer. She's got a nine-year-old daughter. So she got here yesterday and checked into our Airbnb, and she's, in her own words, not a techie. She's having a hard time getting connected to the Internet. So I went down and helped her to get connected to the Internet. And... She was using the Airbnb. We got just, just such a great spot. It overlooks a creek, and there's birds and deer and sometimes ravenous dogs howling in the woods, but it's, for the most part, it's not terrifying. And she, she was thanking me. She said, this is just an oasis for me. She said, I was at the hospital today. She rented this so that her daughter didn't have to go to her apartment. She rented it so she could bring her daughter to, and granddaughter to an oasis. And her daughter couldn't come with her because it was too bad of a day. She told me, my daughter is 27 years old and she's a single mom. I'm thinking, I got kids that are that age. And it made me just sad and angry. I read in scripture when somebody's sick, the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion. He wept. This idea that God celebrates death or he's come to kill you when your time is up or CSI steal, kill, destroy the wicked one abundant life God 
right? So I asked her, I said, I don't know how you feel about this. I said, but I'm a believer. As long as you're in this house, we're gonna pray for you every morning. We're gonna believe for strength for you, for a miracle for your daughter and comfort for your granddaughter. And join me in that. We'll pray that together. I'm gonna believe that God heals this daughter. You know why? Because I believe that's the heart of heaven. I know we're gonna, the last enemy to be destroyed is death, but I'm actually gonna, speak on this topic in a couple weeks, a better death. I'm not afraid. It's my transition to see him for who he is and to become the person I've always been destined to be, but can't be because this earth restricts me because the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But in that day, face to face, my eyes, according uh, to to the Old Testament prophet, my eyes and not another, I shall behold him and look upon him and he upon me. Amazing day. The one who gave his life for me. Why don't you stand with me? I'm about a third of the way through my message. I got close. That's closer than I usually get. I'll look you in the eye and I'm going to tell you your life is going to be better all in with God. Some of you, the idea of God is he's in your car, but he's in the back seat. Like you like to turn around every once in a while when you need him and get some information. Oh, I don't know where to go. Uh, Jesus, yeah. Some of you, he's in the trunk. It's like, I'll, yeah, we'll bust him out when we need him. Some of you, it's in the back seat. Some of you, you've invited him up in the front seat. And he tries to reach over and mess with the controls. Oh, hey, don't touch the controls. I'm in charge here. But I promise you, you surrender your life to him. It'll be the greatest, the smartest move you've ever made. He will make every quadrant of your life better. And if you're not all in with him, some of you, you, you kind of let him in the passenger seat. Today is the day to say, no, 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 all in. He's in the driver's seat. He's a better driver than you are. The left lane is for passing, not for daydreaming. Let him take over. We don't do the close your eyes, bow your head type of thing. We lean forward and we declare who we are. How many want to be, I'm all in. If it's your very first moment, or it's you coming back, or it's you just redeclaring what you are, all in. Let me see your hands. All in. I'm all in with him. I'm all in with him. I'm getting out of the driver's seat. It's not Jesus take the wheel. It's Jesus take over and take control. And he will lead you to the better places and the better destinations and the better outcomes. Your life will look significantly different. I gotta finish preaching this next week because there's just too many things I didn't get to. Some of you driving, you are cutting your days short. And that's biblical. Your days can be cut short. Yes, God has ordained your days, but if you don't allow him to you know, be in control, you will cut your days short. Or you can thrive all the way to the end. You're gonna thrive all the way to the end. You, that we, we, together, we're gonna thrive all the way to the end. Because if you're not thriving, I'm inviting you to come thrive. And some of my thrive is going to get on you, and some of your thrive is going to get on me. I'm inspired by you, and you inspire me. I see Abby up here leading worship, and she makes me want to be a Christian. And then I have to remind myself, I am a Christian. But I want to be one because of the person she's thriving in so many areas. Amen? Amen? 
Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for your good people and some in the room who are becoming your people. Father, let them be bold. Let them step up. Let them step into their best life. Their best life is only achievable with you. Otherwise, they're left to themselves, and that is not thriving, probably. It might be good, but it's better with you. Jesus, we thank you for your life, death, your sacrifice, and your resurrection. Shows me that I can thrive, even when death is present. Lord, we love you. We honor you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said amen and amen. Come on, loud. Give the Lord a big shout. Praise. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.